Welcome to the Breezy Babies Podcast, where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 65, Challenges with Big Breasts and Challenges with Small Breasts. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hello, hello. Hey, listen up. If you enjoy this podcast, then why are you not on my email list yet? (laughs) I send out a really fun newsletter every single month. I keep it short and quick and to the point. I give you my top three tips. I tell you about some of my favorite products, give you a discount code, link all these podcast episodes that have come out. And sometimes a lot of the time I share exclusive discount codes to products and services on my website. So, hey, I would love to have you there. You can just always click the link in my show notes. And as always, I am so grateful for your support, not only as you listen into this podcast, I love seeing all the downloads that happen every single week, hundreds and hundreds of downloads every week. And I especially love hearing about your successes. Now, I recently got a direct message from a client that I saw for an in-person meeting um, a little over two years ago. (laughs) So a while back. um, And she did give me permission to share what she said. She sent me some pictures of her little guy. His name is Gustavo. She sent me a few pictures and this is what she said. She said, Um, This is Gustavo. Now at two years and eight months, we successfully breastfed for one year and three months because of your help. I've been meaning to message you for a long time, but better late than never. Thank you so much for helping us and doing the work you do. P.S. I love all your videos and posts. Um, she went on to say, thank you for changing our story. I hope you keep doing this work forever more. I have referred a few people to you. You're my top choice when someone needs help with breastfeeding. So isn't that so, so sweet? I, um, asked her because I was curious, like, Hey, what was most helpful when I helped you with your lactation journey? What are some things that I did that were most helpful? And here's what she said. She said, um, the most helpful was your knowledge on the lip and tongue tie situation and how to get help for that. She had already been to her doctor three or four times complaining about the pain. She had been to her pediatrician three times. None of them had noticed or said anything about lip or tongue tie. She had the lactation lady at the hospital look at her And she didn't say anything about it either. And instead, get this, they all just kept pressuring her to give formula. 
oh man, again, not against formula, but when a mom is saying like, hey, I want to breastfeed, this is my goal, I want to do this, and something is happening that's not right, and the answer is, oh, just give formula. (laughs) That's not exactly answering her concern. That's like someone coming to me and saying, hey, I would like to exclusively pump. What is a good suggestion for a breast pump to use? And me saying, oh, you you don't want a pump. Um, just latch your baby instead. That will be better and easier. How is that helpful? <laughs> it's totally not addressing that family's goal that they want to exclusively pump or exclusively give formula or exclusively breastfeed or combo feed, do a combination of all of the above. Um, so that's something important. If you feel like you are going to your provider and saying like, hey, these are my goals, um, and yet we're having trouble meeting those goals, and they give you an answer that doesn't actually help move you towards your goals, <laughs> then you know what my answer is. Reach out to someone who specializes in that area. Get a second opinion. Um, you don't have to just take your one pediatrician as, you know, the expert on everything, which they can't be. They are the expert on so many things, but they cannot be the expert on every single thing when it comes to babies. That would be impossible. So going on, she kind of talks about her pediatrician was saying that her baby needed formula because they knew how many calories were in there and how many ounces they were getting. Um, but basically what we did was a weigh feed weigh. So we weighed her baby, um, to get a starting weight and then she fed her baby at the breast. And then we weighed her baby again on my, um, special scale to see exactly how much her little Gustavo was transferring. And it was enough. It was, it was good. It was the amount of ounces that he needed, And it was appropriate for his age. And that gave her a little, a lot of confidence. We also, um, she was dealing with some painful nipples, some whitening that was happening on her nipples. Um, something that's called Raynaud's. And, um, if you don't know what this is, scroll back to a previous episode where I talk about white nipples and what that means. It's back uh, quite a ways, (laughs) but this is something that can happen. Um, It's not really common, but it's really, really painful. And so again, a lot of people are not going to be trained and know how to handle situations like that. So again, (laughs) it's okay to reach out for another opinion. So so grateful for this mama reaching out to me, giving me an update. I love hearing about that. Believe it or not, I recently just, um, I just renewed my IBCLC certification, which means that I've been doing this for five years now, which is kind of crazy to think about. I've been a registered nurse for 11 years and, um, it's just, 
honestly so fun to be able to talk about this because this is my passion. This is what lights me up. And honestly, every time that I read your 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 feedback, your testimonials, all of your message are just so, so kind and so uplifting. And it keeps me going <laughs> through all the hard times. Um, will I continue to do podcast episodes every week? Um, through my maternity leave. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to see how that feels. And I'm just going to see how it goes when I get to that point. Um, If this is my first baby, I would say that would be an unrealistic goal for me to continue doing that. (laughs) This is my fourth baby. And you know what, maybe it is still an unrealistic goal. But you know, I will cross that bridge when I get to it. All right. Are you ready to hear about today's actual topic? (laughs) This, of course, was a topic sent in by one of my beautiful followers. And this is such a good one because it is challenges with large breasts and challenges with small breasts. And we are going to bust some myths around this topic, you probably have heard some of these. And we're just going to bust these myths wide open. So let's jump right in. I've already done enough talking, right? (laughs) So tip number one, there is a difference between breast size and milk supply. Okay, did you hear that? Because that is so, so, so important for today's topic. So in case you didn't hear that, I said tip number one, there is a difference between breast size and milk supply. Okay, so it's not like all big breasts make lots of milk and all small breasts make a little milk. (laughs) That's not how it works. Breasts are made up of things like glandular tissue, which holds your milk making cells. Those are called lactocytes. Your breasts also have alveoli, connective tissue, and fat. Yes, you do have fat in your breast. And honestly, that is more of a deciding factor of just how big your breasts are. Some small breasts are full of those milk-making ducts, and some large breasts have very few milk ducts and lactocytes and lots of fat, (laughs) which isn't a bad thing, but fat doesn't help so much with actually making the milk. So have you ever heard of something called PCOS? That is people who are dealing with polycystic ovary syndrome and they have less breast tissue. So this could look like small breasts or it could look like large breasts. But sometimes these families can have troubles with making enough milk. Have you ever heard of IDT? A small percentage of women have breasts that do not produce enough milk because of something called IGT. That stands for insufficient glandular tissue. Glandular tissue is the milk-making tissue in the breast. So the good news is, is that with both of these, PCOS and IGT, it's actually very likely that you still can breastfeed your baby. Now, will that be a full milk supply where you can exclusively um, 
breastfeed or exclusively make enough milk to where your baby doesn't need to be supplemented with donor milk or formula? Well, that's hard to say. And that's not something that I can answer on a podcast like this because it's very personalized. So my advice to you is work with an IBCLC. Absolutely work with an IBCLC. Again, This is a certification that is worldwide, so likely you do have an IBCLC that lives close by you that could do an in-person consultation, but I do have people reach out to me who say, no, I do not have an IBCLC that's within reasonable distance. I would not be able to travel to see an IBCLC, and so the cool thing is is that there's so many of us who do telehealth and we can connect with you anywhere in the world. I personally have talked with families halfway across the world in the Middle East, in Europe, in all over the United States. And that is completely an option um, with myself and with pretty much any other IBCLC as well. (laughs) So that is going to be most important. Work with an IBCLC. We can look at your health history. We can look at everything. Um, Keep a close eye on your baby's weight gain, especially in those first few weeks. And we can help be an advocate for you and help you meet your feeding goals, whether it's providing some breast milk to your baby or a full supply to your baby. Um, that's going to look a little bit different for every family. So again, size does not matter. (laughs) Does not matter. It has nothing to do with how much milk you're going to make. And trust me, coming from someone who has very small breasts, I was able to exclusively breastfeed my babies like a boss. And someone could have looked at me and said, ah, I just... I don't know if you're going to have what it takes to make a full milk supply. That's something that could have really um, (laughs) shot me right in the foot from the very beginning and made me really doubt myself. So you know what? I've heard so many stories of nurses, you know, right after delivery, helping, you know, watching this new mom trying to latch her baby for the first time and saying like, oh, yeah, I don't know if this looks like you're going to even be able to be successful. That is not helpful. (laughs) So, you know, overall go into it saying like, hey, I can do this. Things will be great. I have the support that I need. I have my IBCLC lined up that I can chat with if problems do arise. I'm going to keep an eye on my baby's weight gain and be working with my pediatrician there. Of course, be smart with all the things. Um, But most people still can go into this and meet their feeding goals, at least to some degree. So let's go back to my tip. Um, You also have um, openings on your nipple and everyone has a different amount of those milk pores. Okay, those actual openings on your nipple where the milk comes out. And again, that can be um, an indicator of how much milk your baby is getting. There's nothing you can do to change that. And again, that has nothing to do with the size of your breasts. You even likely have different amounts of milk openings between your left and your right breast. That's just how it is. But something important that I want to touch on is the difference between storage capacity 
and milk supply. Okay. There's a very big difference between those two things because moms with a small storage capacity, which may look like small breasts. Okay. They may need to feed their baby more frequently in 24 hours. So if you have a smaller storage capacity, you could be at the higher end of the recommendation to feed eight to 12 times in 24 hours. And did you even know that some studies show that 16 feeds in 24 hours can still be completely normal, especially with very young babies? And you guys know this. Of course, this podcast is not medical advice. Again, if you work directly with an IBCLC, that is when we have you sign consent. And that is saying, yes, I give you consent to give me personalized medical advice. (laughs) This podcast is not that at all. Okay. All right, here we go. Number two, get creative with positioning. So with large breasts, your baby can easily get lost in your breasts. (laughs) Okay. If you have large breasts, you know what I'm talking about. You're worried like, oh my gosh, can they breathe? I can't even find them anymore. What's going on? So what I want you to focus on if you have large breasts is really burying your baby's chin in your breast tissue and trying to have the nose barely touch your breast or not even touch at all. So what this is going to look like is your baby is looking up at you. If your baby is still getting lost, then uh, a good tip and trick is to take a thin swaddle blanket or a burp cloth, roll it up, lift up your breast, stick it right under there. And this is going to help give your breast support and also raise it up a bit higher too. You're really going to want to think about sandwiching your breast to get as much breast tissue in there as possible. Not just the nipple. It's not nipple fading. We don't want to do that. And you know what? If it gets to the point where you are having to hold on to your breast the entire feed, be careful because if you're always holding on to the same spot um, tightly, then that is blocking all the milk ducts behind there. And that can lead to things like clogged ducts and mastitis, which is not a fun road to go down. So watch out for that. Make sure that you're feeling comfy. Make sure that you can see your baby and still maintain eye contact. Now, if you're wondering, okay, Brie, what's the best position for large breasts? Well, of course, I'm going to say the one that feels best for you. (laughs) Remember my podcast episode like two or three episodes ago? Yes, the, the position that's best for you is the one that feels best for you. But some options that I would recommend to try first with large breasts is side lying or an upright position. If you don't know what those are, click back a few episodes to the best breastfeeding position and I talk about those. Okay, now let's switch gears and talk about small breasts. So different positions may feel tricky for you if you have smaller breasts. For example, maybe sideline could feel really tricky. You may feel like it's hard to stay close enough to keep your baby deeply latched, but that doesn't mean that you can't still do that position. You may just need to get a little creative and place a rolled up swaddle blanket behind your baby and a pillow behind you so that you are staying close together. With any position that you're going to use, you really want to make sure that you are fitting together like a puzzle, you and baby together. No space between the two of you. 
you may not have to work as hard to really sandwich your breast, but still make sure you're getting some breast tissue in there, not just the nipple. Again, repeat with me. It's not nipple feeding. It is breastfeeding. Some other options are you can lay back to help your baby deep latched, um, deeply latch the whole time. Okay. So instead of sitting straight up or hunched forward, lean back at a 45 degree angle instead. Either way, practice lots at home. Get comfy latching without a cover on and then progress to practicing with a cover on if that's your goal. Um, Again, you don't have to cover up in public. You um, are not required. You're protected by law, but you may choose to cover up in public. So you can practice that at home. Um, You can practice breastfeeding in a sling or baby carrier. Practice in front of a mirror when you're first starting. It takes some time, but it's easier to practice at home where you're relaxed and you have time to try a few different things instead of trying for the first time in the middle of a busy restaurant or a crowded aquarium or wherever. (laughs) Also, side note, if you either had a breast reduction or a breast augmentation, for example, um, a change in breast size that was done surgically, then that's something that you will want to mention to your IBCLC that you are working with. Okay. And we can help you through with that. Last tip is a short one. It's find the right fitting bra. So it actually turns out that underwire in a bra is fine, but tight bras are not fine. So the underwire should not be sitting directly on your breast tissue. And if you have a correct fitting bra, then it will not be sitting on your breast tissue and it will, it should not be too tight. But keep in mind that your bra size is going to change during pregnancy, then it will change again in the first days and weeks after giving birth, and then it will change again (laughs) as your supply normalizes past that and even throughout your breastfeeding journey. So you may not want to invest in a really expensive bra right off the bat because your size is going to be changing a lot and you really want to make sure that you have the correct fitting bra and that it is not too tight. And yes, you will want a nursing bra even with small breasts because likely you're going to need to keep your nursing pads in place to help with leaking. Again, side note, size has nothing to do with how much milk you will leak. Milk supply has nothing to do with how much you will leak. It has more to do with your the anatomy of your breasts. So just because you leak a lot of milk doesn't mean that you have a lot of milk. It just means that you have different breast anatomy than someone who doesn't leak at all. So if you do have smaller breasts, going back to that, you likely won't need much support. So you may be able to get away with something like a bralette. And you may want to just avoid underwire altogether. It's kind of up to you, but just make sure you find something that's comfy, not too tight, and is going to help support you in all the right ways. All right. So again, going back to our top three tips, number one was there is a difference between breast size and milk supply. Number two is get creative with positioning. And number three was find the right fitting bra. 
Listen, if you need an IBCLC in your life, I would love to help you out. I would be so honored. And guess what? Sometimes your insurance even covers three consults with me for completely free. And even if you don't live in Utah, I do offer telehealth. I will put the link in the show notes where you can check to see if your insurance covers three free consults with me, or you can always go to my website, breezybabies.com. You can click in-person consults or telehealth consult to check with your insurance. And even if they will not pay, which I wish, oh, I so wish that all insurances would cover You can always pay on my website with a healthcare spending account or a flex spending account. Those payments are all accepted. So I can't wait to hear about your successes as well. Are you going to be messaging me in two years and telling me about how you crushed your feeding goals? Oh, I so hope so because those messages just make my day. So keep on doing what you're doing. Don't hesitate to reach out for help if you need some help. And of course, I'm going to leave you with you are strong. You are smart. You are beautiful. You are a good friend to all. Have a good one, friend. 